Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, is it the height of hubris for two cats on a podcast, a humble podcast at that, to each be (laughs) wearing on their person one a hoodie, one a t-shirt with their own faces on the t-shirt? You tell me. Swear to God, guys, we did not plan that. That was serendipity at its finest. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, trying to promote the brand. That's all, Chad. Nothing narcissistic about it. Honestly, I only have a couple of hoodies. So, you know, when it's hoodie weather, right. I got this one. I've got a Mile High Huddle one. I don't know. Anyway, a couple band ones. But band ones, you know, you don't really wear Metallica hoodies. I don't own a Metallica hoodie, but you get my point on a sports podcast. Better to just promote the brand, all right, if nothing else. Zach, we can't really report movement quite yet on the Aaron Rodgers decision, but thanks. And this is something, by the way, Bearded Bronco, hey, credit to you, my friend. We never told you you were cray-cray. I don't know who was telling you you were cray-cray, but he said, I've been saying it's March 8th for about a month now. Everyone told me I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you knew what you were talking about because – Zach, that's the deadline for the Green Bay Packers to have to decide whether or not to apply the franchise tag to Devontae Adams. And that whole ball of wax is kind of contingent on what Aaron decides. And so Aaron doesn't want to disappoint his close buddy and trusty wideout. And he understands from a business perspective, this is like, you know, talking about crapping and getting off the pot. You've reached that critical point where you got to make a decision we're going to know something. It sounds like finally we've said it a couple times before, like it could be this week, could be that week. It really feels like this is it sometime between when you're hearing our voice right now and Tuesday, uh, Aaron Rodgers fixing to reveal his decision, which according to reporting, which you helped on Zach, he has been agonizing over. Uh, sorry in advance, bearded Bronco. I got to do it to you. I don't think you're cray cray for predicting the date, but you are cray cray for the Twitter exchange we had right before the podcast. Do you seriously think if the Broncos do land Rogers, they're not going to make the playoffs? I mean, Chad, that's what bearded Bronco actually said. I don't know if that's what he actually believes. I don't think he's an advocate of the trade. What now? If the Broncos, if I put the article, um, the 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 uh, comments on the article on Twitter, if you know the Broncos are now suddenly a prime contender to land a Rod again, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> bearded Broncos said, "Okay, you land him, you give up two first round picks, a second rounder." That was the reported baseline, right, right. and you don't make the playoffs, and he retires a year later. There is take it to the bank. 
injuries aside, if the Broncos acquire Aaron Rodgers, they will a hundred billion percent qualify for the postseason at a minimum at a minimum you're talking about competing for the west you're talking about competing for a freaking lombardi trophy with aaron Rodgers playing at an mvp level with that offense with that defense with nathaniel hackett i'm sorry anyone who believes that they wouldn't even qualify they wouldn't even make the playoffs i don't i don't i don't want to be too mean i'll just say i disagree well i think the only um caveat to that is health you know if he gets hurt that's it that's All the only one off. And for the most part, you know, he's got 17 NFL seasons under his belt. I'll pull up his stats real quick so you guys can see. Um, you know, he has mostly stayed healthy. When he hasn't, uh, it's either been concussions, Zach, or that pesky clavicle, all right, uh, which has burned him twice. 2013, nine games he, he started, missed the rest of the season, seven in 2017. But for... I'll just date it back to 2014. That was the last truly prolific season under Peyton Manning. Been some dark days in Denver since then, right? He has started 16 games in all but one season. And one of those seasons is one of the two I already mentioned that was injury plagued because of the clavicle. So, hey, dude, I think as long as he's healthy, Zach, he's like Peyton Manning circa 2012, where maybe you won't win at all, but it's about as close to a guaranteed play uh, ticket to the playoffs as you can get in this business. It really is. And anyone thinks that he'd be the third best quarterback or second best quarterback, whatever he said, when it comes to the West, you can argue he'd be the best quarterback. I don't know. I just think at that level, and uh, you're talking about injuries being the only detriment to a potential trade, well, protect him then. And you can argue that Broncos 2021 OL, I could seriously make the case they were about as average as the Packers offensive line. They weren't exactly a stalwart front five. They had their warts as well. So they're going to emphasize right tackle. You have some pieces, obviously, with Garrett Bowles, Quinn Miners. You're figuring out what you're going to do with uh, Cushenberry and Glasgow. But fortify the trenches. Get in better offensive line play if you do land Aaron with whatever picks you have. And you're in business. I mean, he'd make... Hey, he made hey throwing to no names, Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling. Now he has Jerry Judy, where he would be having Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Albert O, and he has Javante to hand the ball off to, and then that defense to close it out. And the the vigor, the reinvigoration, playing under Hackett, getting away from Brian Gutekunst, and maybe even Matt Lafleur teaming up with his beloved coach. It just makes a ton of sense, if and only if. That's what Cliss reported, Chad. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, baseline being two first-rounders and a second-rounder. It'll probably take a little more. But if that's what we're talking about right now, I am pulling that trigger all day, every day. And I'm not thinking twice about that. I've been a, a proponent of not overpaying. I've been a fan of maybe letting it ride with Locke for another year. But if that's the package, you got to do it. And even if it takes a little more, a couple mid-round pick swaps or a, a mid-level player or whatever, a young, inexpensive player, you do it. When you have a chance to get a four-time MVP, play, MVP playing at that level and you're a quarterback away from not just competing for the postseason but competing to hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the first time since Peyton Manning, you got to make that trade. You know what? And I think the fact that it's coming down to the, to the wire, so to speak, uh, and the fact that he is reportedly – torn and agonizing over this I think actually is in Denver's favor because 
if it was cut and dry, hey, man, I at least I know I'm not retiring. Of course, I'm not going anywhere. It's fun to kind of flirt with everybody and get and get get everybody uh, up in arms over the last basically year over this thing. But, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I think that decision would have been made a long time ago. The reason it's coming down to the wire is because he is trying to delay the pain because it will be painful to do that. Right. To, you know, and who knows at the, at the penultimate moment, Zach, that pain might make him go, you know what? Screw it. I'm just coming back to green Bay and finishing my career. It's been a hall of fame career. I've made a ton of money, but he's taking it to the wire because he truly does. I think want to come to Denver. It's just a matter of, Oh man, so much water is going to pass beneath the bridge in terms of, you know, risks to his legacy as a Packer upsetting the apple cart with the Packer faithful, you know, disappointing people and all the criticism. And he's no stranger to criticism, right? Like, especially this last year, man, that dude has taken all the fiery darts, uh, so to speak. But uh, I think the fact, again, to summarize that he's dragging it out, favors the Broncos. Now, that's no guarantee that he's going to ultimately choose. But to me, it's a positive, encouraging, optimistic harbinger. Uh, And by the way, Steve Baumgartner jumping in with the super good to see you bro we've missed you hope you've been well yeah it has been a while has been a while it's great to see you in the chat buddy thank you yeah you know the thing about rogers excuse me is that i agree i I like him as a person obviously i like him as a player i agree with a lot of his stances but this is the same guy uh that promised not to milk it out and like six weeks later after the playoff loss we still don't have a decision we still don't know what he's doing and he's out there sending cryptic paragraphs on Instagram and going on the Pat McAfee show and literally milking it out. I understand it's a leverage ploy. He wants that highly paid contract. He wants to play with Devontae Adams, but he is really showing that he's all about Aaron. And I don't think that's up for debate anymore. Great quarterback. And if you agree with this politics, you think he's a great person as well for the most part. But in terms of this offseason and the way he's built this uh, mystique around the decision, like he's LeBron going to Miami, Chad, it's a very self-serving maneuver, I feel like. I still want him to come to Denver if it's feasible, but I don't think, and this is what I'm going to tack on with, I don't, to your point, do you, do you really think he cares at this point about his legacy, considering what he's accomplished in Green Bay and what he feels he's given them, what he's blessed them with? Do you really think he cares about upsetting some Packer fans if it means doing what he wants to do, taking hold of his career, and if he goes to another team and, and wins another trophy, wins another MVP, further cementing his legacy while being a potential $50 million a year quarterback, what Aaron wants to do, he's going to do. I do. To an extent. Now, how much he worries or, or frets over upsetting the Packer faithful, you know, that, that that's up for debate. But I do think it factors into the whole milieu of what's delaying this decision is, you know, it's it's going to create friction. How about that? There's, that's a better way, perhaps, to say it is it's going to create some friction and a lot of it is going to be um, uncomfortable. But the flip side to that coin is fresh start, new beginning, something different. You know, I think he really had his hopes up when Mike McCarthy was fired and in comes uh, LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, to, you know, basically pick up where McCarthy left off in after they hoisted the Lombardi Trophy in 2010. And things were going good. And then after the first year, instead of, hey, we together in your first year as a head coach, I can't recall now off the top of my head if that was the first year for Gutekunst. Might have been. But either way, 
we take it all the way to the NFC title game, come up just short, and you go out and draft a quarterback in the first round. So part of this, Zach, is have the Packers done enough and has, you know, it's like the phrase, time heals all wounds, right? Has enough time passed from the point not only when the Packers drafted Jordan Love and pissed off Rodgers, but also the the drama that was kicked up when Rodgers made his true displeasure of that public uh, on draft night last year where we're thinking he's coming to Denver tonight. Holy crap, this could be happening. Mark Schlereth reporting it, blah, blah, blah. Has enough changed? Has enough time passed, Zach? And by the way, shout out to David Wilder. Good to see you, bro. Uh, I know you've been going through a, a, a bit, and uh, we're with you, my dog. He says, not much longer till we have clarity on A-Rod. Looking forward to this week. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. And we'll talk about Broncos Book Club in a minute, uh, Dave Trust, and good to see all of you. You hit on something I wanted to say there, which is I, I don't believe in coincidence, and you don't either, and they're all that smoke surrounding the Broncos and Rodgers. And unless I'm living in some time warp before the draft, I, it was like being reported by multiple people that it was a done deal. Out of nowhere, out of thin air, suddenly the Broncos were players for Aaron freaking Rodgers and a deal was being consummated. I don't know if that was false news, misinformation. I don't know if, if uh, that was an intentional leak gone wrong, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So he was already connected to the Broncos once. Every report I've read in the last couple of days have said that's his destination. If not Green Bay, it's going to be Denver. So I think to your point, it works in their favor if it drags out a little longer and he hasn't decided and he's truly up in the air and truly torn about what they want to do and what he wants to do. If they don't bring back Devontae Adams and let him hit the open market, Rodgers is gone. And I think even if they franchise tag him, Rodgers might be gone. So there's a legitimate chance he might leave Green Bay. I still think, though, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 70-30. He stays with the Packers. It's so hard to say because he just is such a cryptic cat, you know. He's just hard to get a beat on that guy. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in with a very generous super chat. Thanks. Much love. Appreciate you. We're looking forward to having you back on the show in the not-too-distant future. She says, hi, Chad and Zach. You guys really think A-Rod coming here? I have my doubts. Yeah, we all have our doubts. Most deaf, my friend, most deaf. We all have our doubts, but there's just, you know, if you, if I really put my thinking cap on and I start thinking, wait a minute now, if this was such a cut and dry decision, uh, he would have made it, I would think, a long time ago to come back to Green Bay and just business as usual. We've had reports of, of the Packers being ready and I can't remember now the language of that report, Zach, if they had offered or having an offer prepared to make Aaron Rodgers the highest played player in NFL history. Um, you know, why hasn't he then taken the cheese, right? Because as your reporting helped us uh, to understand, Zach, he truly is torn. He's agonizing over this. And I think if you really try and, and uh, dig into why he's agonizing or what the implications are anyway, it's because he actually wants to come to Denver. The, the reason there's there's hesitation, the reason why he's dragging it out to is, again, I think just because it's going to create a little bit of a dust-up and there's going to be some blowback. I think it's going to be relatively harmless in the grand scheme of things. I mean, look what happened when Brett Favre left and, you know, he was traded and then came back and play, to play in the NFC North against his team as a as a Viking. I mean, that was... You, he violated so many sacrosanct, uh, unwritten laws in NFL fandom by doing that, right? I mean, it'd be like John Elway 
leaving in 19, you know, 96 at the end of the season. Uh, no, we'll say 95. All right. Going and playing ball in like, who knows, uh, New Orleans for one year before signing with the Raiders and then coming back and haunting his team with legions of fans for two more years. And it wasn't just, I mean, that second year in Minnesota, the, the Vikings weren't obviously uh, as much of a factor, but that first year, dude, where they took it all the way to the NFC title game and were it not perhaps for a little extra juice with Bounty Gate, they might've gone to the Super Bowl to play Peyton Manning. Instead, it was Drew Brees and the rest is history. But my point being, as I ramble here a little bit, Zach, is that I just think he's trying to delay that because he knows there's going to be some blowback and, you know, it's human nature to uh, duck and avoid pain for as long as you can. Eventually, though, you got to face it, especially in a business like the NFL where there are hard deadlines. Packers can't, in good conscience, go ahead and tag Devontae Adams with the franchise. I mean, they could always rescind it, but without knowing who's going to be the trigger man, how much of our cap is going to be allocated to quarterback is Aaron. I mean, these are questions that, and honestly, Aaron, his team deserves to know. You need to make this decision so that they can go about you know, get, get on with their lives and get on with building their 2022 squad. Yeah, everyone involved needs to know whether it's Green Bay so they can prepare or the teams that are interested in Rodgers so they can prepare a plan B, plan C, whatever. We are talking, though, about the same guy that said, wherever Hackett goes, I'm going to follow. It's worth noting. But to Michaela's point, do you guys have your doubts? I do, and that's why I said it's 70-30. He's going to stay with Green Bay as opposed to leave Green Bay. And I feel like I've had a lot of tinfoil so far in my hat in my head tonight I'm going to take it off just a little bit this could be a, a a maneuver obviously a contract maneuver maybe the Packers have behind the scenes been lowballing him maybe they've they're like 46 when he wants 50 they might be waiting to hammer out and get to that that number that satisfies Rodgers it strikes me as Gutekunst is like taking a really hard stance against it reminds me honestly what Elway and Von Miller went through during the contract negotiations when Vaughn actually like cut Elway out of his uh, social media pictures and stuff like that. Also, um, if I feel like if he were to announce such a groundbreaking decision to leave Green Bay, he would want to news dump that as best he can. And I feel like a good news dump would have been the combine with everything going on and all these rumors out there. And now his decision is supposed to come right after the combine when all eyes are on that, all eyes are on free agency and the draft and, and moving forward. Those are little clues and breadcrumbs that lead me to believe that he's staying in Green Bay. But there's still a fighting chance the Broncos could end up with A-Rod. And they're willing, according to reports, to meet the um, – the capital demand, and also the contract demand, which I think is surprising. George Payton is about to go all in for yep. a veteran or a new quarterback, and that quarterback may well be Aaron Rodgers. It could happen, guys. Now, there's that part of me still that is like, no way this happens. That same part of me, though, for what it's worth, that was like, no, Peyton Manning's not going to choose the Broncos. Of all the teams, he's not going to choose us. I mean, we haven't done Sam Hill since – 2005 you know we've got tim tebow things are cooking like why would he want to come here i don't know and then when it happened it was just like the scales falling off your eyes and in retrospect you could see why denver was so attractive to him but it's that believe it when i see it uh kind of doubting thomas disposition of a fan zach who doesn't want to get his or her hopes up and have them dashed you know, by a, a decision going the other way. But again, if I look at this rationally, there's there to me, there's only one reason why he would be drawing it out this far. And that's because 
he actually wants to come to Denver, but he's delaying the blowback. And again, one last thing, and then we'll maybe move on to some other topics here in the chat. But uh, that blowback, you know, it could be enough for him to just say, yeah, I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay in Green Bay. Or perhaps, Zach, this is one other angle that we're, we haven't really even touched on. Maybe he's actually agonizing over, do I want to continue playing professional football? It's also it's all a matter of what anyone believes uh, is, is about his thinking into this decision. But in my opinion, he may as well be going around doing the Johnny Manziel celebration. It's about the money and the title and the ego and the assuasion for Aaron. And that's what I believe. Maybe he really is torn. Maybe he wants out of Green Bay. Maybe he loves Hackett. It says it is uh, he loves Hackett. It says is uh, he thinks he does, or he says he does. Um, we'll find out soon enough, but the fatigue, you can tell it's setting in chat. There's literally no words left to describe this Aaron Rodgers saga anymore. Make a freaking decision and let's get on with it already. Uh, Albert wants to know, <clears throat> pardon me, if, uh, cause he's high on the prospect of if Rodgers were to, uh, come to Denver, get another MVP three in a row. Has anyone ever won three in a row? Well, guys, I gotta let you know. I mean, there's the number of people that have won three MVPs period is uh, it's small Peyton Rogers. I think Favre was a three-time MVP. Let me double check this most. Uh, all right. Let me see here. Lawrence. I think he's waiting on his ex fiance to see if she'll forgive him. Supposedly uh, they're, they're, they never broke up. There's some rumor out there that you know, they, they either got back together super quickly or uh, they never really broke up. So it's, it's again, weird what's going on behind the scenes. He's an interesting guy when he's not on the toilet or throwing up. So Peyton Manning, all-time with five. Aaron Rodgers now has four. Tom Brady has three. Favre has three. Jim Brown has three. Montana has two. Kurt Warner has two. Steve Young has two. And then everybody else has one. Uh, so, yes, this would it would be the first time that's that's ever happened. Andrew Baker, what is good, my friend? Great to see you. Appreciate you. He says, hey, my priest and Broncos brethren will know our QB position soon enough, but with draft and edge talk, what should we do with Chubb? We never got to see him and Vaughn together healthy for a whole season and never will now. Well, we did one, and that was his rookie year. 2018, they were together the whole season, and they produced 26 and a half sacks combined. I mean, that's that was the ultimate wet dream vision of what the Broncos thought the future was going to be at the edge. I mean, they had it, but freaking locked down. And then the next year Chubb's hurt. And then the next year Vaughn's hurt. And then the next year Chubb's hurt and Vaughn's traded. So it was just this unbelievable um, comedy of injuries in, in, I guess, tragedy if we're, if we're going in that direction. But uh, what is your thought, Zach, on Chubb? Because George Payton, Last week at the Combine said, hey, look, he's finally fully healthy entering an offseason. I believe he's going to get back to Pro Bowl caliber play. Pro Bowl level is actually what he said. I actually lied earlier. I'm putting the tinfoil back on. I think the ankle injury he dealt with is worse than the Broncos and Chubb is letting on, honestly. Those are kind of injuries, lower body injuries, freak injuries, whatever, that can derail a career. And he didn't look the same after that. And he can't stay healthy, can't get on the field. And as the fifth overall pick, I think that's entering bust territory. As far as I'm concerned, he showed decent flashes. He's not Shane Ray, but I don't think he's ever going to be the next Von Miller either. And in my opinion, I'm still a fan of Bradley Chubb. I really am. I'm rooting for him. I hope he helps out the team in his fifth year and earns a new contract. 
But whatever they get out of him at this point is a uh, a bonus. It's the cherry on top of Evero Sunday on that defense. They're going to look for edge help. They might take an edge guy at number nine. They're probably going to double up maybe on the open market. Chandler Jones, Hassan Reddick. They have plenty of edge uh, depth in the draft as well. They're going to target that position heavy. George Payton also said that. And I'm willing to take those words more as fact, uh, more so than him just GM speaking about Bradley Chubb. What else is he going to say at this point of the offseason about Bradley? Not much. I'm rooting for him. I hope he gets it done. I just, you can't count on him. You just can't. There's also an element of uh, trying to will something into existence because they did apply his fifth year tag last year so he's getting bumped zach i mean we can pull up his contract but he's going up to 14 million and the broncos are on the hook for that whether he's healthy or not and so um i think there's an element to george payton just kind of trying to will chubb back into pro bowl existence because you know it's uh it's a lot of a lot of money as the number five overall pick zach his cap number as a rookie was just shy of $5 million. His cap number the next year, 6.1 mil. 2020, 7.5. This past season, 8.8 million. He's getting north of a 50% raise, going from 8.8 million cap number to 13.9 million. And that's all fully guaranteed. Broncos, whether he's healthy or not, Zach, they're on the hook for that. Honestly, that's not very expensive for a pass rusher, but that's expensive for Bradley Chubb. That's the problem. He's not performing like a $14 million pass rusher. Maybe not even half that. So again, I hope he gets back to prior form, but uh, someone said that he looked out of shape and I noticed that as well. I'm not trying to body shame anyone on this podcast, Chad, but again, having a lower body injury, it affects your workout. It affects your strength and conditioning, what you can do. And I just feel like it's a tough road to hoe to get back to uh, that that 2018 form, which looks so tantalizing. I mean, he really was the, the the torch receiver from Von Miller to get that title and be the next Von and, and this and that, and it never really worked out so far. Whatever they get, considering the emphasis they're going to have on that position, will be a bonus. Hope I'm wrong. 12 sacks. He came two and a half shy of the all-time record, which as a rookie for a single sack, a single season sack record for a rookie. Uh, He was on track too to actually get it. And then the last two, three games, as I recall, he kind of uh, lost a little head of steam, which is typical of rookies because, you know, by the time you get to middle December football in the league, college players, they're used to being done basically waiting for their bowl game. Uh, Quentin, the first sign of trouble with the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers will cry and throw a tantrum. We will have a hard time getting our O-line with the loss of draft picks. So, you know, that's a it's a fair concern in terms of how do you continue to build the O-line. But, guys, Aaron Rodgers, by virtue of his presence, knowledge, experience, pre-snap reads, pocket feel, immediately upgrades the entire offensive line. They never really have to wonder where he's going to be. Ball's coming out at two and a half seconds, you know, max. It's like Peyton Manning making guys like Tariq Glenn perennial all pros. It's like Peyton Manning, uh, you know, winning a Super Bowl with a literal patchwork offensive line. I mean, think back to that offensive line in 2015 that won Super Bowl 50. And this was Peyton Manning with half his, you know, this is a metaphor, but with half of his 
wherewithal tied behind his back. He'd lost so much of his physical prowess, and yet that brain, he was still getting the ball out on time. He was still seeing the pre-snap stuff that takes pressure, calling out the mics, everything like that, sliding protections. Who was it that started left tackle trivia in the Broncos 2015 World Championship season? Ryan Harris. Ryan Harris, former third-round pick, bounced, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, <clears throat> flamed out of Denver, came back, had him starting at left tackle because Ryan Clady was uh, on injured reserve. Uh, left guard, shoot, I don't remember, Matt Paradis, who became something that year. That was the year he kind of emerged as a thing. Does he emerge as a thing, Zach, if his quarterback isn't Peyton Manning? Probably, but that quickly, probably not. He was a sixth-round pick the year prior. Right guard, you had Luis Vasquez, who was on his last legs. Like, career-wise, he had lost a lot. Or no, pardon me. Yeah, it was uh, Evan Mathis at left guard, now that I remember it, right? Came in, he was, the, remember the Evan Mathis money on the doorstep of training camp? And then right tackle was, uh, was it Tyler Columbus? Anyway, my point being as I ramble here is those kind of quarterbacks, Zach, they raise all the ships on the offensive line. Now, you still sure. do have to worry about giving up those picks. How are you going to continue to develop and fortify the O-line? But that's a bridge that uh, a guy like Les Snead can advise George Payton on how to cross it. Well, you're all going to have to pull up some footage of Aaron Rodgers throwing tantrums. I, I That's rare. I don't. That's not the type of quarterback that he really is. He might be an ornery guy, but he's... Not a, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady is more of a crybaby than Aaron Rodgers is, so I'm not going to uh, worry too much about that. And the notion that you'd have no draft picks, well, I'll play your game for a second. The Broncos have a first-rounder, two second-rounders, and two third-rounders right now. If they trade a first-rounder and a second-rounder, you're still having three premium draft picks to address the O-line. Even if you trade another one, you still have another one left over. You can use future picks. That's also assuming you're not touching the O-line in the later rounds. You can find some gems there. You have to double up on the O-line like you have to double up on edge help this coming draft because the Broncos are that bare at those spots. I don't agree with either point. Uh, I think, like you said, Rodgers would make the entire offensive line better, the entire offense, the entire team better. So him being a crybaby over hypothetical sacks allowed by the O-line is not a concern of mine. 727 Mill, good to see you, bro. Thank you for that very generous super chat. He says, if Rodgers want to play for us, he would have said it by now. He's staying with Green Bay. We've got Locke, and we can pick Willis. Uh, I personally thought Matt Carroll or Corral was uh, the best quarterback in college. Y'all's thoughts? Um well, we've kind of already addressed that first sentence, so let's move on to the quarterbacks in the class. Look, Malik Willis, lot to like, man, lot to like. I still question how much is left for him. I mean, a lot still to develop and how quickly you could get him on the field and uh, be in a force to be reckoned with. Matt Corral's interesting. He is. There's a lot to like about him. He did some phenomenal things at Ole Miss. But it was in that um, gimmicky read option scheme that, frankly, does not translate. His style of play in college will not translate to the NFL, and that includes Zach. All those runs where he keeps the read right because you're the 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 read option, the zone reads, you're keying off the uh, edge guy, and a lot of times he would just take it like Tim Tebow. You don't survive that in the NFL for long. It's only a short matter of time before those chickens come home to roost. But I like Corral. 
with the combine in the books, Zach, has your top five quarterbacks, your rankings in this class changed at all? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I thought Malik Willis and Matt Corral had two of the better combine performances from quarterbacks. I throw Carson Strong in as well. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with Corral, but in my opinion, you don't get the upside like you do Malik Willis. And he showed the character uh, that he possesses. He shows the knowledge and the smarts to spit back play calling and retain information. That was one of his red flags and also his athleticism. He threw a ball, I put it on Twitter, like 64 yards in the air. Flick of his wrist. I mean, combine that with his running ability. I know he needs some time. He's like the Trey Lance of this class, if you will. But you're getting a potential franchise quarterback in the... Like, would you call him Deshaun Watson mold? I think that was a really good comparison for him. If they can get even half of that, they'd be happy. So if they go that route, Locke and a rookie quarterback, I'd be happy with Willis. I wouldn't cry about Matt Corral. But I just published this right before the podcast. Supposedly, and brace yourselves, guys. Warning. Warning. The Broncos are in the mix to sign Mitchell Trubisky. He of... Chicago Bears lore, he of being Josh Allen's backup for one season and rehabbing his value under Brian Dayball. The Broncos were mentioned among a host of teams for Trubisky services. I think he goes to the Giants still to reunite with Dayball, but they're right in there. And the ESPN report by Jeremy Fowler and Dan uh, Graziano, they speculated that whatever team ends up with Trubisky would look to pair him as a veteran stopgap with a quarterback such as, you guessed it, Malik Willis. I'd rather go Locke and Malik Willis personally, but I'm putting it out there for the masses for Broncos country. This now is a thing if they don't end up with Aaron Rodgers. That's quite the cliff to fall off from. It really is. I Trubisky, look, this is like the inverted version of uh, Zach's take on Gardner Minshew. Like, I see nothing in Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I see something in Gardner Minshew, though, not as much as, you know, his hype would lead you to to believe. Trubisky, I just I don't understand it. To me, it's a it's a guy that, you know, former top three pick in the draft where there are coaches out there saying, but yeah, if I could have just got him in my system or if I can get him in my system, things will be different. This guy is just I mean, what what year was that, Zach? Was it 17? 17. All right, 17, you don't expect too much. He's a rookie. And he had to, He didn't start right away, right? He had to beat out uh, Missouri quarterback. What's his name? Daniel. Thank you, Chase Daniel. And then 2018, man, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger won a freaking Super Bowl in his second year. Yeah, second year. Got the number one defense. Vic Fangio's scheme, wrecking shop out there. They get stopped by the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round. That's that. And from there, Zach, it was a precipitous plummet. The whole squad got torpedoed. The rest is history. I I want nothing to do with Mitchell Trubisky. Even as a, oh, you missed out on A-Rod. You missed out on every other option. Like, miss me completely on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I want nothing to do with him. And uh, I I truthfully don't think the Broncos would sign him or are going to sign him. I think they'll aim a little higher than Mitch Trubisky. But just in his defense a little bit, we talked about it obviously for two years now, if not more than that, about coaching impacting Drew Locke, a young quarterback. I think Matt Nagy really impacted uh, Mitch Trubisky. And he showed what he can do. He's a 
like I wrote something of a dual threat. I mean, he's good off play action. He's good off, good off boot fakes. That could maybe work in a Hackett scheme. It, you can maybe finesse some wins out of him, but I'm not looking to finesse wins for my quarterback. I'm looking for a game changer at quarterback. So I'm right there with you. Missed me on Mitch Trubisky. I'm saving my money. If the Broncos are going that route, Drew Locke and a rookie quarterback for me. By the way, guess where uh, Nagy went? He went, and, he went and got that life-changing money to be a head coach, and now he's back coaching quarterbacks for yeah. Andy Reid. Love it. Richard Butt, hey. <laughs> I feel like I'm Mo from The Simpsons getting pranked right now. Richard Butt. <laughs> Is this Jake's uncle? I don't know. Uh, been a while. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for the super chat, for real. Thank you. Been a while since I've given a super chat. Is Carson Strong chopped liver? Great tape, making big accurate throws into tight windows. With a dog crap, with a dog crap line and a bum knee. No, he's interesting. That knee is the big concern. Um, you know, had a solid combine. I think NFL teams, all things being equal, if the knee wasn't as big of a an issue, and I don't know what, how what the buzz is on on the medicals, because that's another big reason for the combine for NFL teams is the scratch and sniff on medicals. And uh, if they came back from that with positive uh, medical evaluations on the knee, it could really, you could see him sneak into the first round, but he's probably a day two pick. I like him. I would not hate him as a second round, third round pick for the Denver Broncos, depending on how everything else shook up, you know, like if it was uh, no Aaron Rodgers, so you're and, and no Jimmy G, no Kirk cousins, Russell's not going anywhere guys. Um, and, you know, you'd rather take your chances with Drew Locke than go throw some money at Jameis Winston. Uh, okay, cool. Go draft Carson Strong with your second, second-round pick. Or if you can get him in the third round, even better. Let him come in and see what's what best man wins between him and Drew Locke type situation. I like Carson Strong. But that knee, we need to find out more about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that as well. I think he might sneak into the back half of the first round. Some team is going to get desperate. And, you know, for a terrible quarterback class, I saw pretty good performances at the combine. Make of that what you will. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't mind a flyer. And the, again, the Broncos have two second round picks. They also have two thirds if they do want to move back up, if no quarterback at nine. Um, so not my number one choice. I think Sam Howell also looked good at the combine. I like Ritter almost as like a, a dark horse in this class, and I'm a big Willis guy. But if they were to go, let's say, with an edge rusher, let's say Jermaine Johnson at nine, and they take Carson Strong in the second round, that's a pretty good haul, the first couple picks. So 2017, Mitchell Trubisky goes number two overall to uh, Chicago. I'm just tech, I'm just looking at this draft class real quick here. That was the McCaffrey year. Um, okay, then you have, of course, Patrick Mahomes at 10. Oops, if you're Chicago and everybody else, by the way. And then uh, Deshaun Watson at 12. And you know what, Zach? I'm old enough to remember that class being poo-pooed in the media, similar to this one now. Maybe not quite as to the extreme, because Deshaun Watson was a uh, bona fide uh ACC, you know, won a national title. So there was a little bit more like proven wherewithal, juice, whatever. But they still doubted him for a lot of reasons. And Patrick Mahomes was not viewed as he – was, he was viewed as a risky first-round pick by a lot of draft picks just because the tools were obvious. But he was so much of a uh, 
what's the word, you know, where you're, where you're um, not innovating, gosh dang it, on the field where you're slapdash. You know, you just didn't know what you expect every time he dropped back. Is he going to run around the field for 10 minutes before he rockets a 70-yard touchdown, or is that going to be a 20-yard loss sack or, you know, a pick? The jury was definitely out on Patrick Mahomes. Now, in hindsight, you look back on that class and you're like, hello. But you also have to question, Zach, fit. Does Patrick Mahomes go on to be the super mega stud that he is anywhere besides Kansas City? I don't think so. He still would have been a good quarterback. He still would have been, uh, at worst, like a Josh Allen type guy, I think, eventually. But it took the stars aligning with the right team, the right scheme, the right coach, and all that for him to really blossom and flower. So where's that guy for the Broncos in this class? Which guy in this class is the quarterback that needs this system to unlock that next level of potential? Could be Malik Willis. I mean, it could be Malik Willis. He's interesting. So if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, the more I've seen from Malik, the more I'm kind of coming around to, hey, if he's there at nine, take the flyer and uh, see see reap the rewards. Might take a couple of years, but he's a guy that could probably give you a chance. I think the word you were looking for was Shermer, Shermering, not innovating. So I, I just find it a little hypocritical that um, the same people that were hyping up the 2021 last year's class of quarterbacks and bashing Peyton for passing on Fields and Mac Jones and all the same storylines that we've heard, the same criticisms, are now just crapping on this year's class. When who from last year really stood out? When Davis Mills is the best of that class, arguably, you don't have a leg to, to stand on. And I happen to think there might not be a – Maybe not a future Hall of Famer among the bunch, but there's going to be a couple franchise guys coming out. And I personally think, and I think you do as well, you're coming around to it at least, that Malik Willis could be that guy if given the time and if developed properly and coached properly. GLP, appreciate you, my friend. He says, I think I went Zen without realizing it. I'm good with whatever the Broncos do at quarterback. A lot is dependent on factors outside our control as a team. Yes, and that's one of the things, Zach, that is just – has made me uncomfortable about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing from the drop is, you know, this isn't a free agent go out and outcompete the other teams with the best offer. This is waiting for him to make a decision. Once he makes a decision, if it's in your favor, then you got to make sure that the freaking Packers are going to play ball. And if they play ball, well, okay, cool. You still have to make it worth their while because if you're sitting here saying, all right, here's two ones and a two, give us a rod. He wants to come here. You signed off on a trade. But Tennessee's offering two ones, two twos, you know, more bottom line, whatever that might be, you know, then it's going to be easy for Green Bay to say, all right, cool, but you got to at least match what he wants to come to you guys, but you got to help us here because we're getting more offered by a couple other teams. And, you know, it's not Aaron's first choice either of these spots, but, you know, hey, Jermaine, anybody else glad Elway's out of the way and we can get on? Uh, with life's awesomeness that I think it's a little it's exciting because it's a new era and it's uh, a hopeful era under George Payton I have a lot of confidence in Payton's uh, abilities and his vision for the franchise but it's also an end of a, a major or overly successful era when John Elway was the freaking GM and he delivered two Super Bowl appearances and one championship he did a lot of good division titles a lot playoff victories, regular season victories. I know Peyton Manning had a lot to do with that, but who recruited Peyton to Denver? That would be John Elway. It's weird in a sense to see him now 
as an outside consultant. Literally outside is in his job title. He has nothing more to do with the Broncos' inner workings. He is closer to owning the Broncos than managing the Broncos. So it's a little strange. I'm not a fan of change. I'm a creature of habit, Chad. So uh, to see Elway in this new capacity, it's exciting, but it's also a little nostalgic when you think about it. I'm not one of those guys that um, sleeps on Elway's impact. Nothing lasts forever, all right? Like, when you were even at the height of the Jake Plummer era in Denver, the notion that they could ever, the Broncos, move on from Mike Shanahan was far-fetched. But nothing lasts forever, especially in a league that is as constantly on the cutting edge as the NFL. And, you know, with this being said, his 11 years – in the Bronco front office, I appreciate what he did. All right. I appreciate what he did. It took, um, you know, the last five, six years have been dark, but those five years before that man were legendary. I mean, he brought that to the fans and didn't end well, obviously, but, uh, you know, John Elway, this is an article, Zach, that, um, I wrote back when we were with CBS sports and the site was on 24 seven and this has changed, but John Elway, uh, in his seven seasons, so he this was with seven seasons under his belt. So this was four years ago. Signer extended the contracts of 18 players that combined for 37 Pro Bowls with the Broncos. All right. And that included Philip Lindsay and Casey Kreider. Uh, he's also the only GM, all right, over the last seven years to acquire future Pro Bowl players through the NFL draft, street free agency, unrestricted free agency, and college free agency. All right. Um, and then, you know, his, his winning percentage took a hit, obviously, big time in the last four years from the time that article was published. But if you just Google John Elway's accomplishments, uh, Chad Jensen, you'll see that piece. And it's outdated, but at least makes you appreciate uh, some of the things he did here. Now, it was time for change. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that is a little bit uh, I have a little trepidation over the notion of him coming back in any kind of an ownership role just because. Again, I think he outlived his usefulness to the Denver Broncos in terms of the way the league is changing. He's old. It's time for new, fresh blood to come in and help keep the Broncos on that cutting edge. I'm not sure him coming in and looming over George Payton as a, as a part owner uh, would be as productive for the team. But, hey, he is the Denver Broncos. John L. We always will be. 19 EHF, what's good? Thank you, buddy. If he comes to Denver, does that make the Broncos Super Bowl favorites? The AFC is so stacked, and we know Rodgers chokes in the playoffs. Yes, he's had uh, one completely successful playoff run, right? 2010, winning it all with the Packers, the Super Bowl. Um, would it make him the Broncos a Super Bowl favorite? Would that? What do you think, Zach? Because the Chiefs are going to be up there in the odds every each and every year. As he said, Buffalo... Uh, Baltimore is always going to be a thorn. His path to the to the Super Bowl would be easier in the NFC, but good luck convincing the Packers to trade you to an NFC team. Well, that's the word I take umbrage with is uh, favorites. I think the Broncos would be Super Bowl contenders or division contenders and not favorites, but they're going to be right there in the mix with a healthy, albeit 39-year-old going on quarterback in Aaron, but playing at an MVP level. Again, with that offense around him, reuniting with Hackett and Alton and having the defense behind him, you can argue a lot of the Broncos pieces are in place that are better than what 
he's had in Green Bay the last couple of years. So the choker label, maybe that only applies in Green Bay. Maybe he would shed that label in Denver. Maybe that's a contributing factor to why he may leave Green Bay and come to Denver. I'm going to be hype about it if they get Aaron because they're going to finally – I saw a comment that I want to echo, and uh, I don't know who it was, but they get Aaron. The second they do that, they go from irrelevant to prime time, and that's the best way to put it. And no longer are you just automatically looking at the schedule and minusing two when the Chiefs are on uh, oh. on the schedule. I'm plusing two in that situation. Hot take alert. And not only that, Zach, but not only are you going to have a – I'll just be as um, cynical as possible. <clears throat> you have a better chance to beat the Chiefs and snap the streak, right? But beyond that, Instead of like constantly even just like getting one hair of your head above water, you're, you know, by the time you get to week eight and the Chiefs are on the schedule, that game might is going to be important in terms of the final destiny of the division, but you're not four and three or three and four or two and six, you know, you're six and one or, you know, six and two or whatever. And the, the game, even if you lose to the Chiefs, not as much skin off your off your teeth because he's taking care of business. Now, I think we've said it on this podcast many, many times. Aaron Rodgers as the Bronco quarterback, head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs any given Sunday. I think that's a coin flip most of the time. I think those two quarterbacks are so similar and what they can do and all that. But there's one missing component people aren't talking about. Yes, Willis, Willis's deep ball does look nice to me. And that is the lift, the boost. I mean, we saw what changing his football environment did for Peyton. You basically took the previous 10 years of his already Hall of Fame resume and microwaved it for the next four. Same for Tom Brady, those two years in Tampa. I think you'd see a similar thing where there'd be just this spark of momentum and newfound energy for a age 39 season, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jermaine says, Brian Greasy has a quarterback's coach in San Fran. Think he's going to do great there. Did they hire him as quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach? I missed that. Good for him, dude. I, I I think he's great calling games. He was very obviously much more talented physically than Brett Rippon, but he was a guy that I always thought was going to be destined to coach. Ended up going into media. Now he's getting into coaching. Cool to see. And he goes way back with the Shanahan's. Obviously, Kyle's dad drafted him. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's replacing Rich Scangarello, who left to, I think he went to UCLA as the OC there. So it's as the Bronco cycle turns. Even worse. Well, depends on how you would say. Kentucky. He went to Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. That's right. Uh, By the way, real quick, uh, thank you for the assist to Albert, who we're going to be talking to later this week. Very cool. Uh, Albert, this is a message to Diamond Rattler. Albert found a, a good website for jerseys where we can actually attain a blue, large blue Demarius Thomas jersey. So that's going to be coming imminently. Assist to uh, Albert Knoppers. Uh, real quick, Albert also uh, made a comment about the shirts we're wearing. In case anyone's wondering, guys, right there, huddleuppod.com. They're on the store. You can get yourself one. Very comfortable, as I can attest. Real quick, plug alert. Chad got the hoodie. We got the T-shirt on there. Huddleuppod.com. Okay, let's uh, – that super that was there. Scott, where are we at? We're at 51 minutes, so we got to start rapid-firing. Nash the fifth. Good evening, gentlemen. With how Willis performed at the Combine, if he's a target for the Broncos, do you think they would have to trade up to get him? Keep up the good work, Priest. Thank you, bro. Appreciate this super chat. 
Let me do a quick refresher on the NFL draft order. No, not 2016. Come on now. Stand by. All right. Zach, are the Jacksonville Jaguars drafting a quarterback? <laughs> no. Definitely not. Detroit could at two, but is he rich? That might be a little rich. Uh, Houston, Ooh. maybe. Wouldn't shock me. New York, nope. No. New York Giants, maybe. Maybe. Carolina, maybe. Uh, Giants again at seven. Geez, Giants with two top ten picks. Uh, Atlanta, Scott, you tell me. I would say maybe, but he's saying no. Okay, no. Uh, Denver Broncos at nine. So there's a shot that a team, there are a couple of quarterback needy situations ahead of the Broncos, but then, Zach, it comes back to relative value. You know, if we're already saying it's kind of a stretch viewing Malik Willis as a nine pick, maybe. Number two pick you know, number whatever, three pick. So it's possible, but it's not something I'd worry about too much, Nash. According to reports, uh, the Panthers are going all in still on Deshaun Watson, and they also like Kenny Pickett a lot. And uh, we'll get to uh, Dale in a second here, but also the Giants, you mentioned them. They could sign Mitch Trubisky. They have Daniel Jones for one more year, so they might not take a quarterback in the first round. Atlanta might take a quarterback, but that might be in the later rounds, the second round, whatever. So I don't think right now he's going to be uh, untouchable before nine. I think he falls to the Broncos. The question becomes, do they take him there? Dale, let me count the ways in which I love you, man. Remember that movie? Have you seen that movie with Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. I love you, man. Yep. It's a classic. All right. You can learn how to spot a dude. All right. Who's holding in a, a fluff. If you watch that movie. Okay. It'll give you. So many tips and life hacks. I love you, man. It's a great flick. And listen, Dale, I love you, dude. Thank you so much. There's, I mean, just thank you, bro. That's so generous of you. And it's not the first time. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, hopefully, right? Going to be in your neck of the woods. Just thank you, bro. I don't want to make, uh, minimize just how phenomenal that level of generosity is for, uh, for us here. So thank you, bro. He says, Roger stating no rebuild is key in my opinion. Green Bay and a rebuild go hand in hand. So if you guys remember his uh, goodbye presser after that bitter loss to the Niners, he basically said, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. All right. So that's what Dale's referencing here. There's no avoiding it in, uh, without giving up his salary. So delaying the decision, in my opinion, says Dale, is Rogers leaving the familiarity of Green Bay for the unknowns. And it's not easy. Hackett provides the most comfort outside of Green Bay. I believe he comes to Denver. I'm telling you, there's some truth to that. He's he his heart is with the is going to Denver, following Hackett, but he knows there's going to be blowback. He knows there's going to be some pain and controversy associated with that decision, and so he's waiting till the you know eleventh hour till he has to actually make the decision. I really do agree with that sentiment. Now, a million things could change. Even if you would, our take on this, Dale, is 100% accurate, and we're in living in the mind of Aaron Rodgers right now. There are things that could happen between now and decision point that could alter the equation. So it ain't over until it's over. You know, We'll see how it shakes out. But there's still going to be that part of me, Zach, that is going to be surprised regardless if Aaron Rodgers does anything but return to the Packers. Yeah, first of all, Dale, I want to echo what Chad said. That's incredibly uh, uh, amazing, and I'm I'm very grateful and appreciative. Thank you so much for your generosity. 
Um, it's true that leaving the familiarity of the Packers and leaving that lore and that legend behind, kind of like Favre did, which he had a, a firsthand seat for, is not easy. And uh, he would be risking his legacy similar to how Tom Brady did it. Worked out for Brady. doesn't work out for everyone. I still think he goes back to Green Bay, but if he doesn't, it's a guarantee he's coming to Denver. They were mentioning the, the Steelers and the Titans being contenders for Rodgers, but the opportunity to link back up with Hackett, which I thought I think was a, a grand scheme of Peyton to maybe lure Rodgers all along. Um, I think it's pretty much a guarantee he'd come to Denver, but will he actually leave? Green Bay, with Rodgers playing at that level, they have one more season left at least before they have to blow it all up and rebuild. And that quarterback they're rebuilding with won't be Jordan Love. I think everyone understands that, which I think that's why Rodgers has so much leverage in the situation, and that's why they've allowed him to drag this out and drag this out and drag this out. Could be negotiations on a new contract. Could be Devontae Adams. There are so many factors that go into this and so many dominoes that have to fall one way or the other. There is a chance um, he comes to the Broncos, but I wouldn't call it a probability. I call it a possibility. Put it that way. You know, human nature is to fear that it's the devil you know, right? And not to not to relate making hundreds of millions of dollars playing a kid's game to something uh, similar to something as bad as, as the devil, but it's speaking to, if you look at two things that neither one is like ideal for a guy or a gal, a situation, human nature is, you know, to err on the side of the devil, you know, or the bad situation that is at least more familiar to you. And in this case, the devil he knows is staying in green Bay, even without Nathaniel Hackett, he knows what that looks like. You know, he played 14 of his seasons without Nathaniel Hackett. Now, he doesn't know what that looks like without Hackett playing under LaFleur, but he'd be fine. So, it's, uh, we'll know when we know, guys. We'll know when we know. Corey H. in the house. What's good, big dog? He says, this we this is the week, y'all. A-Rod, our way. We return to the top of the NFL this week. We're back to relevance yet again. Our five-year hiatus is finally over. This is going to be epic. Hey, dude, I love the optimism. Will it into existence? All right. Will it into existence? I think the hiatus is going to end one way or the other, whether it's Locke starting Willis or Aaron. The playoff drought is going to come to an end under Nathaniel Hackett in his first year. I, I really do believe that. I just want to pivot to what, and thank you, Corey, for your generosity. I want to pivot to what Jermaine said, his uh, comment about Mac Jones. I disagree with that. I think there was a product of him being a rookie and the NFL having no film on him and working in that McDaniel system, which is so quarterback friendly. There was a time when Matt Castle looks like and got paid like a franchise quarterback and how that work out. I don't believe Mac Jones is a franchise guy. Let him take a step forward in year two without McDaniels. And now the NFL has seen what he can do on tape before I would crown him to be that. I, I just don't have that much faith in him personally. Guys, we're about out of time. We got to keep it pretty close to the one hour mark tonight because of some things I've got cooking at home. David Wilder says, is Rodgers a bridge quarterback, even if he doesn't see himself that way? Rodgers isn't a bridge quarterback unless the Broncos were to draft a an heir apparent. So if Aaron Rodgers ends up a Bronco, that ain't happening for a couple of years because you gave up your first and second round picks to get him. So no, he's not a bridge quarterback in a, in a technical sense. Now, could you say he's a bridge to – you know, bridging the gap between missing the playoffs and finally being back to relevancy. Yes. But in the way that you mean it, Dave, no, it's not, he's, he's not a, he's not a bridge quarterback. 
if Aaron Rodgers is a bridge quarterback, that bridge is like the freaking Golden Gate Bridge. Right? It's not some rickety bridge that was the Flacco Bridge. Like, he's not a bridge quarterback. He's a back-to-back MVP who would win you legitimate playoff games. So I, I would not classify Aaron in that category. All right. Jermaine says, we could have beat the Chiefs with Drew Locke if it wasn't for the Melvin fumble. They had him on the ropes. They did. They did. But be careful who you say that to, Jermaine, because Drew Locke, his name is Mud. Yeah. Be careful. Locked arrangement syndrome, still a thing. Um, okay. Let's see what else we've got here. I think we got to go, though. Um, Luis Kano jumping in. Good to see you, bro. Hey, amigos, if the Rogers dream doesn't happen, I'm thinking this year's draft will top last year's. I see Thibodeau at nine, then trading back into the first to get Willis. You would certainly have the ammunition with five currently top 100 picks to potentially move up, you know, package your two and a three at 40 to move up into the, into the first round, potentially the back end of the first round to grab a Willis. So those things all become possible, but it's contingent on waiting for that first domino to fall, which is Aaron Rodgers. Bro, I would be so freaking happy with that haul. If they somehow got Thibodeau and then traded back up in, into the first for Willis, the problem is then we all woke up because Willis isn't falling that far in the first round. If he even gets to nine, I feel like his floor right now would be like 15, 17 maybe. So that would be quite the dream scenario, but it's not all that feasible in my opinion. Bryce, good to see you. Thank you, buddy. Keep up the excellent work, gentlemen. Much appreciated. You. You're just a kind prince. We appreciate you, Bryce. And Pat, you too, buddy. Thank you. Um, and for what it's worth, guys, just so you know, on the quest for 250K in the month of March, uh, we are, what, six days in? And we are, let me actually update this real quick because it was, I've realized that I can see it in real time now. So this episode is over. And we're at 18% complete to the goal. So it's within sight to raffle off jerseys at the end of this month on Facebook. But guys, thank you so much. Zach's going to do the rundown. We're going to get out of here, but we'll be back tomorrow. Real quick, I disagree with this comment as well. I, Clowney was drafted way too high, and he's still a damn good player. I realize he's not the player uh, he was supposed to be, but Thibodeau at nine would be a value selection for Denver at a premium position of need. Agreed. I don't anyway. see that. That was a lot of love pod tonight. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you all had a great weekend. We're back on tomorrow night, same time, same place. But until then, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. As mentioned previously, go to huddleuppod.com if you want yourself a fancy football pre-shirt with our faces on there, a hat like Chad's wearing. A lot of goodies on the store, huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page, follow that page. And guys, please, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest, as you can see, a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But most importantly, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video that you're watching right now and every video you watch on the MHH channel. Uh, helps us grow, really does, and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right. Appreciate each and every one of you. All right. With that said, a special thank you and a special appreciation to these great supporters on Facebook, starting with Jermaine Daughtry leading the way tonight. Love that. Climbing the boards. Getting more tickets in the raffle hat. Andrew Baker, love you, bro. David Wilder, keep a stiff upper lip, big dog. Lawrence Rivera, GLP, Brad Murdoch, Pat Havener, George Fox, Quentin Carson. 
Jose Lopez, Phil McLaughlin, and Dave Glassman. Dave, I will DM you what's going on with Broncos Book Club. We ran out of time, and I spaced uh, elucidating on that. On YouTube, much love and respect to each and every one of our Super Chat superstars tonight, starting with Dennis Woods. Uh, oh, wait, I got that wrong. Pardon me. Starting with Steve Baumgartner, Michaela the Duchess, 727 Mill, Richard Butt. Could it be related to Jake? I don't know. 19 EHF, Nash the Fifth, Corey H, Legend, D-Dub, Luis and Bryce. Appreciate each and every one of you. See you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And you'll don't forget, you got Broncos for breakfast on the bright, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, thanks again to Dale for his uh, amazing showing of generosity. Everyone else as well for tuning in and contributing. Uh, have a great rest of your Sunday evening. Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.